Hi everyone, it's Charlie and Laura from Studio 17 Brighton here. And you're listening to Notes to Self, an art podcast with special guests from across the arts and culture sector. Um, Charlie, so you remember that time that we started a podcast? 83 years ago. And we thought, yeah, we have the time. We've got the time for that. Um, Turns out we did an awesome podcast with uh, Sarah Hunt, aka West End Coach. Um, who is an arts life and career coach and then life happened and it's quite ironic yeah (laughs) it's quite ironic that we um were really we like listened to everything that she said I ate I ate her knowledge like it was a like dessert in a five-star Michelin restaurant I was like I need to take away everything that you're saying and implement it into my life and then my life's gonna be better and then like um everything happened and my mental health down and all of the like all of the cannons started firing at once and um and it just took us and then we really needed her (laughs) and then then we really needed then we should have had the podcast right and so this this chat that that um will follow uh is quite good for people that have taken on quite a lot yeah in the arts um and we talked about loads of really great things we talked about burnout we talked about um the perception of of i just remember sarah talking about um how you perceive the pandemic to have affected you and then how you can change that if you, the way that you think about things yeah. um, and the language that we use around that. And so I think it's a really interesting chat for people that maybe feel a little bit like we're about to open up um, and they're not quite sure what's happened, what the industry is going to look like now. Yeah, I think it, it's a great chat. Sarah has so much knowledge on arts and the industry um, generally. Her CV is amazing. Like she's watched I mean, every show in town. Every- Every, produ- every producer going, Sarah, yeah. Sarah literally like grafted her way to the, top. to the top of like everything, ended up from national. Um, she's so font of all knowledge and a lovely person. Yeah, joy. <laughs> what a joy. Yeah. So um, without further ado, should we? Yeah. Awesome. Enjoy everyone. Hi, Sarah. Hi, hi, Charlie. Thank you for coming. Oh, you're welcome. Um, Thanks for having me. It's lovely to have you here tonight. Yeah, thank you. Um, we were very lucky because um, Sarah is not only founder and CEO of West End Coach, um, which is a life and career coaching um, company, but also has amazing, amazing um, back knowledge through working her way through theatre, production, general management. And um, so it's really exciting to have someone who has such a wealth of knowledge that we can just pick your brains at, basically. Go for it, I can't wait. So, welcome. <laughs> pick away. <laughs> can you kick us off and, and um, just give us a, a brief intro of how you first got into theatre? Because I know you've had lots of different avenues. Were you ever a performer? Oh no. Oh, well, um, I was at school. Right. You know, that sort of, you know, big fish, small pond scenario. Yeah. Um, but I very much sort of found comfort behind the scenes, ordering people around um, and making things happen. I love making performance possible. Um, but I grew up listening to 
all the, the musicals of the you know 60s 70s 80s and uh, and I just fell in love with musical theatre I, I loved it I wanted to be a part of it but not on stage uh, very much the organisational side of things um, and then I uh, so I applied for the uh, production management role at or uh, course at Lipper in Liverpool uh, and I did that for three years and then got an internship down in London on Jersey Boys so off the back of that I then started my kind of theatre career from there about just over 10 years ago. Yeah and you've made like I mean, you saying 10 years, you've done such a vast amount, made your way through diff- amazing companies, progressed up, upwards in such a short space of time. Like, it, give us a brief, like, history of, of where you went from there. Um, my, uh, a bit my, my, my ladder. My yes, your ladder. <laughs> uh, so, right, so I um, started off at uh, doing the stage one apprenticeship for new producers, which was an um, apprenticeship that was run by the Society of London Theatre. I think they're still running it now, um, but I, I got into that in 2011 and went straight on to Jersey Boys and Rock of Ages, um, just as their apprentice PA, did everything from making cups of coffee to filing and answering phones. Um, and then from there went, straight into David Ian's office as their production assistant on Gypsy and uh, worked as their PA as well. A bit of office management thrown in there. Um, always got to love a, a the contract. All of that, yeah, all the glam. Um, then over to Disney for a couple of years on The Lion King as a coordinator. Then into Bill Kennedy. Was that in town or on tour, The Lion King? Uh, in town, in town. Right, right. And that was right over the time they were opening Aladdin as well so they brought in okay. a new team to work on Aladdin and I sort of held the fort over on Lion King um, and then moved over to Bill Kenwright and looked after I think at one point 13 productions from all no. <laughs> of course you did it's Bill Kenwright of course I did of course I did Literally. yes um, and honestly oh, I learned more in that, I know I learned more in that year than I did I in my entire sort of career today mm. Um, and it was it was chaotic, but it was fabulous. Such yeah, a amazing. great, you know, kind of training ground for yeah. for anyone that wants to work in in production. Um, and uh, and then from there, I went over and, and joined the National Theatre as their general manager for any production that kind of that tours outside of the building. So things like I did the Macbeth tour and a Taste of Honey tour, mm. uh, and uh, Cancer the Lehman trilogy into the Piccadilly Theatre. So, uh, so yeah, that was yeah. That's kind of it. I got to kind of general manager before the age of 30, which was amazing. My goal. I certainly did. I have moved around and I never really had set timelines of, oh, I'm going to stay here for one year and then, then move on. But it was very much a point of when, when something stopped serving me, when, when I stopped learning from the role, I, I, I just have this need to grow and develop and yeah. you know, try a new role. Um, and just like, you know, those that are on stage and who are performing and, and love the thrill of jumping into a new character and a new role, it's kind of the same for those that work off stage as well. We want to jump into new productions. We want to jump into to different, to different places because it challenges in a different way. And that, that's our motivation. That gives us excitement. Um, it's so easy to sit in, a, in an office job for, you know, way past you new know, kind of sell-by date. Um, and so I think it was partly fear that I would get stuck that yeah. kept me going. So, you know, I can't 
totally say it was all drive and focus. I think there was definitely a lot of fear there that I would get get stuck, which kept me moving. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I kind of set myself this 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 ten year plan of I want to be a general manager for a big you know prestigious preferably kind of subsidised company um, that uh, you know like the RIC or you know all national theatre um, by the time I was thirty and. And I did that, but then you're struck by this point of, oh, so I've got here, what next? And yeah. I sort of hit that point and I thought, okay, now, now let's do a bit of a, of a review, um, just like any business would do. Um, and I encourage everybody to do this. You know, you'd always do like an annual business summit where you look back on your profits for the year or you look back at your, um, your staffing and, and make decisions for the year to come. You should always do that on your life as well and look at how what you're doing currently is impacting the other you know, sort of sectors of your life. And I realized that I've been so laser focused on my career for 10 years that other things were kind of falling by the wayside. I didn't have that much of a social life outside of the bubble. I didn't, you know, my relationship was, was strong and great, but I didn't spend very much time with my partner. Um, you know, I didn't actually really focus on my health. I was eating sandwiches on the go, never went to the gym. And, yes. and I thought actually, for me, I need to look at the wider picture of my life, you know, as I'm coming into my 30s. What is it that is going to make me feel fulfilled? What's next? So I did some research and I've always been doing a bit of mentoring as you go, you know, in, in that kind of role as producer, general manager, you, you, you mentor those that work with you and your team. Um, but I stumbled upon a sort of formal coaching diploma qualification um, that I thought, actually, you know what, I could transition into into this role and start to work for myself because if I work for myself I can then control the the hours that I work and the location you know one thing I really want to do is travel internationally and that's not something my role would would have ever allowed and I realized that the the role that I had you know moved into it ticked so many boxes in so many ways and I had a brilliant time but as you move, as you get older, your priorities change, your goals will always change. And for me, it kind of shifted into, you know what, I want to take a bit more control. I want to step off the treadmill of the West End and I want to do more for me. And I have carved out this new, this new career. So I sort of keep the experience, the knowledge that I've had from building up my career in the West End, but working now with, with those people on and off stage, helping them to live more courageously and live more fulfilled lives so that they can kind of have boost confidence or reduce anxiety there's a whole yeah a whole load of things there but it the beauty of coaching is that it takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in the future I mean it sounds great I know that I struggle sometimes when I was thinking today about us recording this I sudden it suddenly made me go I don't actually know what is in a year and I don't know what I want in a year which is I think is probably more a oh. more a thing we yeah, we spend we spend a lot of time on the phone being like so I think I'm gonna do this tell me what you think <laughs> yeah. do you um, think that's sensible <laughs> that's a good idea. because because I think like we we feel like we should know what we're, we're doing um I don't I, I think I've probably come to the the conclusion that no one knows what they're doing completely and everyone's just going should we give it a go? Um, <laughs> which, which is kind of, 
like when when Laura said that you were coming on, I was like, perfect, a life coach, send help. Like I'm ready. <laughs> I literally said, Do you have a question? He said, send I was like, Where help. do you want me to start? Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask, um, so when I was kind of having a little flick through your website, um, I actually sent Laura a text and was like, Oh god, that <laughs> resonates quite well for both of us. Um, which was the thing about um, and you kind of touched on it earlier about getting to a point where you where you think that everything that was gonna make you happy doesn't you got it and you're like oh um actually I don't want it like it, I'm tired um yeah. and you mentioned you kind of, you're burnt out and you mentioned that you meant you mentioned two things that really resonated with me number one was this idea of kind of just being burnt out and being and giving yourself to the industry because that is what you do with this industry isn't it like you said you find yourself at Mamma Mia on a Wednesday night for the fourth time in six weeks with a casting director that doesn't drink and really all you <laughs> want to do is go home and sit with your boyfriend and watch Netflix everything that you practice now and you um, teach people now and you coach people through now did you feel do you feel a bit like you kind of went through that process yourself as well I mean, certainly uh, everybody's journey is unique, you know, and everybody's in their own lane and will have their own obstacles and challenges that they've overcome in that time. And the thing that I love about coaching is because it's question-based and I'm asking you about what obstacles have you overcome? What strengths do you have? Where have you won? Where haven't things actually gone, gone to plan? You can start building up a picture of your own resources and build up your own resilience because what worked for me might not work for you because we've got different skills we've got different you know that's why it's quite difficult to there's a difference between a consultant or a mentor and a coach that a mentor might say well this is my roadmap this is how I got from apprentice to general manager in in eight years but that worked for me of course there's a lot of luck and timing and job opportunities that came up within that time frame and a lot of setbacks that I had that, you know, didn't actually go to plan. It might, you know, you look back and you think, oh, that's a nice linear straight line. But at the time, it didn't feel like that. There was a lot of tears, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. And so what stresses me out might not stress you out. And so coaching doesn't, it, it comes to it not assuming that I know you or I know your situation. And so it doesn't, I, I don't come, come to it with loads of advice. And when it comes to, to, to being burnt out and, and getting to people's limits, that's going to differ for all of us. We're each going to hit our, our, our burnout point at, point at a different time. And so for me to come in and say, oh, yeah, if you spend three years there, you're going to be totally burnt out, you know, do this instead. That might not be the same for, for somebody. So it's about asking those questions to figure out what is going to motivate you, where your strengths lie, because they're going to be different for everybody, and using those in your, to building up your own toolkit, whether it's a mindset toolkit, which is a big part of it, building up your confidence, reducing anxiety, reducing your, or how to manage your stress as well, because you will be stressed, and then how to, so you can then use it to move forwards and make those decisions of, right, I know I'm hitting burnout now, now's yeah. the time to, to stay or go or make decisions accordingly.
Yeah, I think I struggle with a lot is in those points, like my coping mechanism is to like take on more stuff, like as though I've not got enough stuff as it is. Um, I'm like, and then I am creating more work for myself, which which is really fulfilling. But at the same time, like quite often, my husband will be like, "Are you just gonna like?" chill out let's watch something on Netflix I have like I've got got to do this got to do this got to do this and he was like yeah but you could you you have to do that because that's like you're freelance and you decided to take that on or um or I'm doing we have our own company or I'm doing stuff for normal jobs or kids stuff like but they were all my own choices and whenever I feel overwhelmed I have to suddenly realize that no one's putting that on me that that's me being like do you know what my I don't feel like I'm a yes man but I feel that I I feel like I'm happier when I'm busy but then I don't have that mechanism to be like right stop now like you've got enough it's it's really common and for the most part every obstacle that anybody brings into the coaching room is themselves you are always your biggest obstacle always Mm -hmm. 100% because you are trapped by the the boundaries of your own thoughts as a totally it's a mindset and this industry doesn't help either we're very much you know told from day one if you don't do it someone else will yeah that it's drilled into us from the age probably of 18 that if somebody offers you something you say yes yeah yes all the time and you get to a point where you feel like you can't say no. You don't feel empowered to say no because you're so far down the track of saying yes. You don't then want to, you know, to feel like you're rocking the boat because if you don't do it, then someone else will get the job. And so it takes a lot of strength to, to be able to step back and go, actually, what are these decisions helping me achieve ultimately? So you've got to be really sort of, crystal clear on how are you going to know when you're happy because you don't know where you're going you don't know how to get there yeah I don't know where I'm going and I don't know how to get there (laughs) you need coaching Charlie oh I I know honey I know but isn't it bizarre because it's all because Charlie from the outside and maybe from the inside but from the outside um has everything that that someone else would be like that what charlie has that would make me happy mm. that that is their goal and it's mm. and and i know sometimes i'm really lucky because i know that what i have is someone's like dream dream goal like mm. and yeah as you say it's it's, it's well, i feel like it's a generational thing as well like we're chasing this like mm. contentment i don't know if it's we're tracing like a not a dream but like this this facade that probably doesn't actually exist a question for you Sarah yeah. um so the pandemic has been pretty catastrophic for the arts um theatres venues like from huge theatres NIMAX you know Macintosh the lot to like grassroots small venues it's been um a bit of a typhoon and so for people that perhaps I mean perhaps for people that are were in the middle of their 
performing or their production career or whatever and now aren't sure whether that's going to be there for them but also for people that maybe haven't even started and graduated last year in the middle of a lockdown or or are coming up to graduating this year or like and there are people that are going okay well I thought that I was going to do this but now I'm not sure that that industry is there for me right now and I've got I might have a bit of a tough decision to make where would you start if someone came to you with that problem if if a 21 22 year old came to you with that problem where would you start with them I'd firstly look at the uh, the, the language that they were using around this, this description of their current situation. So catastrophic typhoon of an industry, right. all of those things. They're going to make you feel like I'm going to be w- literally washed out and I'm going to be pushed aside. And I think there's so much negative speak about the condition of the industry at the moment, which is really unhelpful. I think, especially for aspiring performers that want to get into the industry, not not even those that are currently in it. And so I would sort of flip that round and go, okay, so there's something that's outside of your control. What what is in your control? List out everything for me that is currently sitting within your control. Now we know that the arts industry is going to come back. It's going to bounce back because the arts are a huge, huge part of our culture, of Western culture, the West End in particular. I mean, I mean, you look at Netflix, that's, that's booming. Film industry and TV is actually booming. So to say that it's catastrophic for the industry, I would actually argue is, is incorrect. It may be catastrophic for the theatre industry and live performance, but there are still jobs. There are still productions ramping up, new, new Netflix contracts all the time. Podcasts podcasts and online uh, productions have exploded. So there are opportunities. It's how you choose to look at it. It's the story that you're telling yourself about it, firstly, is right, okay, there are some things that are outside of my control, but there's also some opportunities. It's also going to shake up the industry so that things like auditioning might actually become easier, for example, because of the likes of Zoom, and you don't, it means you don't need to then pay 75, 80 pounds to get down to London for an audition. So it could actually save you money. You know, little things like that are, could be positives that come out of it. The industry will bounce back. The theatre industry will reopen. There's already a, you know, a roadmap in place. There will be jobs. So I think firstly, it's looking at the story and the mindset of it. And for those that are thinking, actually I've taken some time and I'm now not sure whether this is what I really want to do because it's given everybody a whole load of thinking time (laughs) that's when you go into the the future thinking and you ask yourself why why am I doing this why am I a performer why do I want to get to stage management what is it going to give me in my life and if you can still answer that question then you'll find a way to make it work that's such good advice. There's definitely so many people who are in that position who mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all they've ever wanted. And then it, it, something makes you and you've never second guessed yourself. But something like this has made you go, oh, actually, is is that right? But what, the advice you've just given 
Yeah, yeah don't, it's brilliant. Don't let it anything would... get in your way. If that's what you want, this will reopen again. Yeah. You can, you can do it. It might not happen immediately because that's not in your control. Just like with an audition, you can't, you can control how you show up for the day. You can't decide, you know, you can't control the outcome of it. So do whatever you can within your control to maximize your chance of that happening. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. Those that will persevere that will get through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I guess it's a test, isn't it? It's it's the ultimate test of how bad you want it. But then equally, I think there's a lot to be said for like, how bad do you want it? Oh, I don't know if I want it that bad. And then be like, then that's okay. Yeah, it's it comes back to that. It, I don't like to use the word happy because it's, it's quite a fluffy yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of what is it going to give you in your mm. life? Is it going to give you the satisfaction or the, the feeling that you're helping people or the joy? What's it? What are you doing it for? Are you doing mm. it for the fame or the money? That's all fine. There's no judgment there. And I think that's it. Give yourself permission not to judge yourself in your decisions. That just because you've invested X number of thousands of pounds in drama school doesn't mean you have to stay on a path that isn't fulfilling you. Mm. That's not helping anybody. You'll still have learned, you know, picked up skills and things that you can, you can move around. But it's all part of your own journey. So give yourself permission not to judge yourself for, for your decisions and, and also go, actually, you know, this is what I want to do because it's going to give me X or, or Y, or I want to go travel with, you know, and do an international tour. Uh, thank you, Sarah. So as part of this um, podcast series, which is called Note to Self, um, is because we're asking all of our guests, um, if you could write a note to self to a younger you um, who is just starting out in the arts um, or in their career, um, what would it be? Oh, that's an excellent question. I think if I could have a, a small post-it note, it would be probably to uh, learn to use an espresso machine. Um, because I yeah. think in your, uh, your first roles where you're making tea and coffee, I always remember serving um, a whole round of uh, cold coffees to some senior producers. I didn't know how to use the machine. So uh, that, that's a small note. Um, <laughs> on a slightly bigger note, um, I'd probably say be flexible. Be open to being flexible because things are going to change. Things aren't linear. As much as you plan, as much as you have something that you, know, you want to aim for, there are going to be obstacles that are coming in your way. You know, and you can either approach it as a stack of bricks or as some bamboo. And which one's going to weather the storm better? And I think in, in everything, not just the arts industry, but in your career, but in life generally, those that can go, OK, well, this wasn't the plan, but I'll go to plan B or, you know, I'll try something else and go round round the obstacle or under it or over it. Those that that's going to stand you in great stead for anything that comes in the future and building your own mental resilience for it. So I certainly approached everything at the very beginning, very linear. Um, yeah. And, you know, again, a lot of tears, a lot of frustration when things didn't quite go my way, but knowing that if you're flexible with it, then you don't have anything to worry about because it's all going to, you'll, you'll get to where you want to be 
even if it's a bit of a roundabout way of getting there. Thank you, Sarah. You've oh, you've literally welcome. you've literally made me want to go away and think outside of my head. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> yeah, we do have a little kind of like non-vision board vision board, don't we, Laura? Yeah, of we like, do like just between the two of us of like well if we could do anything what could we do um and I guess this podcast is a result of following our curiosities and doing something different because when we set up Studio 17 I guess we thought we were going we didn't think we were going to be doing this um but this is awesome and it's been really 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 lovely to to chat to you so thanks so yeah thank you for your time having me Thank you so much. And well done, guys, for, for doing everything you've done over the last year. You know, Thank really you. putting that resilience to the test and going, OK, well, we can't necessarily do in-person workshops, but we can do a podcast. We can do online series. We can do all of this stuff and keeping people boosted and, and, and motivated on social media is, is so important. And, and that's it. Just lift each other up. That's keep we'll carry each other through. You know, if we're all flexible. We're all bouncing around like little beach balls, you know. Nothing can yeah. hurt us. We'll get back. I'm a slightly bigger beach ball now after lockdown, but we're going to look like I'm a freaking like I can't do any in person, you know, appointments. <laughs> less of a beach beach ball, more of like a full sized inflatable animal. Um, <laughs> I love it. And on that note, um, <laughs> thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. You're welcome. See you again soon. You've been listening to Note to Self, an art podcast by Studio 17 Brighton. Our music is by Scott Holmes Music. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more guests from across the arts and culture sector.